Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only Podcast. I, myself, Goose, am here with Healy, a.k.a. the newest member of the Cheesehead family. No. No way. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It looks to be otherwise right now. If I didn't know any better, it looks like you're a Cheesehead today. Yeah, if you guys uh, missed the last episode, I made a bet where if the Bears lost, I would wear a uh, Cheesehead. So... Here we are. Yeah, that was a good bet. I was willing on sacrificing everything I believed in and was going to wear as much Bears gear as I can find. Um, luckily, the Packers pulled off that game, and I'm glad you're a true uh, sportsman. Uh, sportsman, you show sportsmanship, and you're wearing the uh, the hat today. So I, I applaud you for that. Yeah, no, no worries. Hopefully, I uh, don't ever have to wear this again. It's all right. Well. Anyways, welcome everybody. This is episode eight, right? Yep. It's been eight weeks already. Uh, welcome back uh, to everybody who's listening for to the first time. Um, welcome in. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for downloading, sharing, staying interactive on social media. Again, we are on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Spotify. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, we are on SR Only Pod. Uh, YouTube channel and Spotify, we are the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yeah, you can find myself at the Healy Six on Instagram and Twitter, and you yep. can find Goose. I'm on Instagram at iGoose. That's with four O's. Don't ask why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've we've had a lot going on in this past week, and I I wasn't sure at which point we would stop talking about baseball. I thought it would be weeks ago. I thought that there would be a like two month window where it's like, oh, what happened in baseball this week? Yeah, this minor leaguer signed like a five hundred thousand dollar contract. Now, like nine out of the top ten guys are already signed huge contracts. So before we ended last week's episode, or as we ended last week's episode, we were talking about Garrett Cole. So we knew that Strasburg had just signed huge contract. Yeah. Record deal. Yeah. We we are done recording the podcast. We're sitting here uploading uh, Garrett Cole signs. He signed right after the episode. We Not even during it. We ended and we looked on Twitter and he signed right I'm then. convinced he was listening and was like, I'm going to mess with these guys. So well, we, always, we were wondering what contract would he get knowing Strasburg got that huge contract. Yankees jumped on it. We knew the Yankees were pursuing him heavily. Yankees always have the budget to spend a $5 billion on a player if they wanted to, and fortunately enough for them, they were able to land Garrett Cole for $324 million over nine years, Yeah, which is a record deal. Mm-hmm. I did not expect. I was expecting $300 million being the max. 324 which is the second highest in MLB history, behind Bryce Harper. Harper doesn't have the highest annually. He just has the most money because he signed for like 13 years. Yeah, he signed for a whole lifetime. 29, his contract will end when he's 37, 38-ish. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be towards the tail end of his career. He's gained $35 million a year? Yeah, it averages out to $36 million a year. 36. He averaged $1 million more than uh, Strasburg. Yeah. But he got nine years, which is ridiculous. Normally, pitchers, uh, average. they they normally get the highest average per year. Like, you've seen it with Kershaw, David Price, 
I don't know about Chris Sale, but like they normally get the most annually. They just don't get as length lengthy as a contract as a position player. So it's weird seeing Garrett Cole be number two all time in contracts. Yeah, yeah. To see a pitcher do that, I mean, he—I don't want to say he's old. He's twenty-nine. He still has a lot left. If I'm Garrett Cole, if I'm any baseball player, because it's all guaranteed money, I'll sign that nine-year contract. Same thing with Harper. He signed the thirteen million dollar contract. If I'm not mistaken, Garrett Cole is. Does he have a no trade clause? Um, maybe. I'm pretty sure he has a no trade clause. I could be mistaken, but if that is the case, that's huge. He's—he doesn't even have to perform. He's think, guaranteed the money. I think with uh, players' contracts, like let's say they go and sign with a new team, if they're with that team for longer than five years, uh, then they develop a no-trade clause. Okay. Like naturally. Yeah, that's okay. Like Adam Jones last year was being shipped, but he was with the Orioles so long, and he was like a certain age. So he had like a no-trade clause, like naturally. So maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. He does have an option after his fifth year maybe yeah so it's it's a according to the report of the contract it's the full no trade clause and the opt he has the opt-out after the fifth year so we'll see i i mean i don't a lot i feel like yankees do that they like signing guys like um they had cc sabathia for what seemed like a long time after 10 years yeah and he was i mean he had so many good years with the indians like that's how i remember cc sabathia um, I, I think it was a good move. I think the Yankees, they obviously have an amazing offense. They have some pitching talent as it is. And Garrett Cole right there, I mean, with their bats, I don't see how he doesn't win 20 games over the next couple of years each season. They've missed out on making the World Series two years in a row now. One of their biggest reasons, they've had somewhat of a rotation. They have not had that standout guy. And this year they're just like, you know what, we – we have we haven't won a World Series in a decade. We haven't even made a World Series in, a decade. which is unheard of. We're gonna go out, spend the money, and make sure we get this top dog. And what's amazing about it, Garrett Cole prevented the Yankees from advancing this exactly. year. Exactly. So he goes from AL West threat now onto their team. It changes the whole landscape. Oh, completely. And if he's amazing for at least five years, good for them. I say they get their money's worth if they can win one or two World Series out of it. All I have to say is, Yankees fans, you are the toughest fans to listen to, probably in out of the whole Major League Baseball fan system, whatever you want to call it, and you guys are the most blessed. They've signed some of the best players, and they just spend money. Obviously, as a Sox fan, we don't get that. We don't get that at all. As a Cubs fan, they have spent money the past few years, but their window, they've won one World Series in yeah. over 100 years, and their window is like closing fast. So it it's is. not fun. The Yankees always have an open window. Yep. Their window never closes, and they always sign the right guys. Uh, rest in peace to Garrett Cole's fantastic beard and hair. He'll be shaving that as the policy for the Yankees. You can't have a beard. Oh. Wait, really? I did not know that. Yeah, that's always been a thing. Good for... Yeah, they're, I... they're one of two teams that do it. The other team is the Marlins, because Don Mattingly is the manager. He was a former Yankee, so... Like, so he kind of yeah. developed that, yeah, okay. That mentality. So, yeah. yeah, the Yankees, they're the only team that does it. I wonder if they'll ever get rid of it. I don't think so, because of the tradition that they have there. But, yeah, he, he's, he'll no longer have a beard. 
which I doubt the beard makes a difference and no. how he's going to come out and pitch every day. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he just playing with the Astros, too. I mean, they had such a good starting rotation that, I mean, I'm sure they developed something. He was already good going to Houston, but I'm sure he got a little bit better they in know some how to shape, get, way, or form. Yeah. They know how to get the velocity up on these guys' pitches, and they, mm-hmm. they have great pitching system over there. We've yeah. seen it with Charlie Morton. Seen it with uh, Garrett Cole, Verlander. Verlander at his Another age. One. Yeah. They just develop guys really well over there. So, yeah. If you're a young pitcher, it might not be bad. That's why if they went out and signed Zach Wheeler, he probably would have been Garrett Cole 2.0. Yep. Like yep. with the development. Which we saw him get signed by the, the, Phillies. the Phillies. Yep. So there were some other signings, some other big signings. We saw... I think our favorite player from this past season, Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon is going to the LA. Um, I can't remember hearing any other offers for him. Maybe the Dodgers put in an offer. I'm not too sure. Uh, he averages. He's going to average 35 million a year, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's what it's. It's 245 for seven. Yep. So yeah, averages out to 35 million per year, which is ridiculous. I'm glad that teams are spending money this year. He gets that lineup is going to be fun to watch. Just so, him and Trout alone. I mean, he's going to compliment Trout. And then you have Otani DHing some of the days. Those three guys are sick. Is he still? He's still pitching too. He didn't pitch Otani. last year because he had Tommy. He John, had Tommy but John. He was able to hit every day. Is now there, he's going to pitch again. That's crazy. So the that's next year of. you'll see him pitch and hit, and that lineup is turning out to be great especially with mike trout he hasn't really had someone hit behind him that's been amazing uh when he started getting feared and whatnot albert pools he was he was already declining yeah he's been on a decline for a few years i mean he's been doing it since what oh one yeah so eventually he was going to hit his decline but i think personally they're definitely going to be one of my favorite teams to watch just with those two guys alone and otani but do you think do you think they're a playoff team yet? They don't have any pitching. They don't have any starters. Their bullpen isn't great. So they could be like a dark horse wild card team. I don't see them winning the division though. They're still like a year <laughs> off or two with spending money and getting free agents. This year though, no. They don't have anyone in the rotation. Yeah, they want seventy two and ninety this past season. Um adding uh, a bat such as Rendon is huge. Does it make a difference when they're in that? That's a tough division they're in. Dale West, who the just Ale. added Kluber. Yeah, they just added Kluber to, you said, to Texas, right? He yeah. got traded. So Texas got a little bit better. Houston, I don't think they're going to lose too much by losing out on Cole. I could see them. It depends who they get pitching-wise. Like, they picked up Granky last year. They're mm-hmm. going to get McCullers back in the rotation. It just depends how that team is. And also, we don't know any of the suspensions with their cheating scandal. Oh, yeah. So we'll have to see what happens with that. I could see them. I could still see them winning like 90 games. Maybe not the 105 that they won this year, but their team hasn't really changed too much. They haven't really lost anyone besides Cole. Yeah, they still have good bats on the offensive side. So, And then Oakland randomly won 97 games this past year quietly. They still have a solid roster. They have a, yeah, their roster is not bad. So we'll see what the Angels do. Like you said, maybe two, maybe even three years. 
But they locked up Rendon for a while. Trout's not leaving anytime soon. He just signed his huge extension. So offensively, I think they'll be okay. Like you said, they just have to go out and spend that money on some bats. Well, yeah, some starting rotation guys. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, pitching, correct. Yeah, well, uh, staying in the AL West, Corey Kluber got traded for Emmanuel Classe and Delino DeShields. Highway robbery. Corey Kluber coming off a year where he had six starts, six or seven starts after pitching 200 innings for like a few years. That is great. He has a few years left on his deal, I believe. I don't know the exact details. They'll have him for at least two. But they gave up nothing for him. The Indians, they were... I don't know why they're trying to shed salary when they're in a contending window. It's just so wild to me how they want to not spend as much money as possible. And they're so desperate that they're going to trade Corey Kluber for nothing. Delino DeShields, they needed outfield help. But, I, but when was the last time he was actually good? I know he's, he's only never been, in the been league. good. He's only been in the league a few years. He's but never been good. He just has speed from my understanding. Yeah, so never been good in a sense. And then they got Classe, who is like a 22-year-old pitcher. He throws a 100-mile-per-hour cutter. He doesn't actually uh, purposely throw a cutter. It naturally just comes out of his hand that way. And he's a one-pitch pitcher. So unless he develops like a slider and a changeup, he'll just be a fastball thrower. And in this day and age, you can't just have a fastball. These guys know how to turn on 100 miles per hour. At this point, yeah. If you're one-dimensional, I mean, eventually Chapman started getting hit. I mean, throwing 100 is nice. But how do you complement that if you can't follow up with an off-speed pitch? Yeah, Corey Kluber has... Uh, a deal until next year, and then he has an option for 2021. So two years with the Rangers, not bad for what they gave up. Not bad at all. Yeah, Corey Kluber was like the best pitcher in all of baseball for a couple years straight, if I'm not mistaken. He won a Cy Young in 2017. He was finished third in 2018. Finished third in 2016. He won it in 2014. 2015, he was okay, but he had a 3.4 ERA. Last year, he just had injury problems, so he'll he'll figure it out. He'll go to Texas. That That's a great piece that they needed for the next step, and it's great because uh, the Rangers are getting a new stadium, which is why they're trying to get these players. I think they were in on Rendon. They, were, they had to get someone because yeah. you need guys to come into the ballpark. Oh, yeah, especially when you get a new stadium. So Corey Kluber traded for nothing. Madison Bumgarner staying out west. Yep. With uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. $85 million for five years. Five years. So not a lot. This year he's getting paid $6 million. That's not a lot. So that's his first year on the deal, and then obviously it's going to jump up tremendously over the next four years. How is that $15 working? Million of the dollars are deferred, which means like he's not going to get paid $15 million until like the contract's over. Oh, so like this year it's like six million. Next year, it's like uh fourteen million. The year after that, it's like fifteen million. I can find out right now. Madison Bumgarner, interesting. He had an okay season. He ended up going nine and nine on the year. He had over two hundred strikeouts. His ERA was in the upper threes, which was okay. Not the normal 
Bumgarner that we're used to. Yeah, he pitched with the terrible Giants, so yeah, it's not great. Uh, so he gets six million, then he goes up to nineteen million, which five million of that will be deferred until after the contract. Then twenty three, five million will be deferred, and then twenty three, and then fourteen. So I don't know if deferred money uh, still counts for payroll and all that maybe it does i would assume so so like even 23 million dollars on the payroll isn't bad compared to zach Ranky, who they had who they're paying 35 yeah just for that's the year. a lot of saving yeah and especially this year six million they could go out and get someone else maybe for like a one-year deal and see what they can do with the team yeah that's not a bad deal at all i'm kind of surprised he went to the diamondbacks i was not expecting it at all staying in the national league I guess made sense because he's a great hitter. He loves to hit. Yeah, he Going does. To the AL, yep. he wouldn't be able to do that. The di- the Diamondbacks, so I just came out of nowhere. It's not expecting it at all, but kind of makes sense. They're they're a decent team for a lot of the year, and they should only get better this year. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. What did they finish this year? They finished. Um. Well, they they actually won eighty five and seventy seven. I didn't realize that they finished eight games over five hundred. Finished better than the Cubs. Yeah, yeah, they did. And you know, I there wasn't much hype about Mad Bum in the free agency, considering there was Strasburg and Cole and and Zach Wheeler and I mean Madison Bumgarner. He's he's had a history of shutting some teams down. Yeah, for a few years i mean he's a big lefty to come you know to come in pitch six seven innings uh he still has some velocity yeah he's not known for it and as he gets older it's not gonna be a problem it's not like a guy who gets by people with velocity exactly he could slow down his pitches are just that good yeah he's got movement on some of his pitches and i think it's a good move for them i didn't expect him to sign with the diamondbacks but i'm not like overly surprised yeah he's more of a I don't I don't necessarily know. He's just he'll take what he can get. Uh Bumgarner. Bumgarner. Didn't he didn't he get hurt like on a, in like an accident? Like an RTV accident a couple years ago? I he, think like, it was a uh snow like a snowmobile? Yeah, snowmobile accident. Okay. When they were in like Colorado or something. Okay, I do remember that. So yeah, yeah not a bad deal for Bumgarner. Uh, there was Brett Gardner resigned. Nothing really cool. I'm I can't picture him ever in another uniform besides the Yankees uniform. Yeah, he's I been wish there for ten I don't know, years. Yeah, at since least. the World Series. Yeah, I wish he would resign with another team though, since he he plays decent in that team because they have such a stacked lineup. He's been blessed with all the people around him. Yep. He plays well in that stadium. Because they have the short porch and right field, I just wish he would go to another team just so I could see him not put up the numbers that he does. It'd be interesting to see because he's a he's a lefty bat, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he yeah. does have the short porch. I I don't think he's that bad. I think if he goes to another team, he might not bat the way he does. But I don't know if he'd be that bad. Doesn't he have some speed? Can't he steal bags too? A little bit. Maybe not as a much as he bit. used to. He was just a part of that era with the Yankees that I didn't like. And yeah. People hype him up too much, and I don't want to see that anymore. 
There's some uh, other moves in the MLB. Michael Waka, Rick Porcello, both signed with the uh, Mets. So Michael Waka, he'll be like their number five starter. Very good signing in that sense. I've played Fortnite with Michael Waka. I've played Call of Duty with him. Oh, that's pretty awesome. cool. Uh, so he'll he'll fit in well. I think he was like a three or four with the Cardinals last year. Yeah. He's a perfect. He'll work great in the five spot. Rick Porcello led the league in losses in like ERA last year or something. He was terrible. Yeah, and just a couple of years ago, he was. He won the Cy Young. Quote unquote stud. Yeah, he won the Cy Young when he shouldn't have. He won it because he had the most wins in the MLB. We all know how bullshit it is. Yeah, to, when you have wins. when you have bats that are putting up eight runs a game, you're you can literally have an ERA of five. Maybe not five, but around five and still lead the league in wins when your team is yeah. killing it on the offense. So, good signing for the Mets. They Their rotations now DeGrom, Syndergaard, uh, Stroman, Mats, and then now Waka and Porcello. So, they might have a six-man rotation. They might make Michael Waka be like a spot starter or like a long reliever guy. So, like, they might run him out there for, let's just say they have a blowout or they're getting blown out Mm -hmm. they could throw them in for a few innings here and there so there might be injuries too yeah i was gonna say injuries happen all the time six starters it's actually probably pretty good uh jose peraza signed with the red Sox. minor move he played shortstop last year somewhat second base Mm -hmm. red Sox need a second baseman so we'll see what he can do there blake trinan went to the dodgers the A's were like, you know what? You had somewhat of a down year in 2019. We don't like spending money, so you'll go in the free agent market. And the Dodgers were like, all right, come to us. Great signing. I think he won reliever of the year in 2018. Could be mistaken. He was one of the best relievers in baseball in 18. Throws like a sinker, cutter, has a bunch of movement. With that Dodgers lineup and where he could be put, like, uh, as like a setup man or he won't be the closer because Jansen's still there. I think he'll thrive. I think he'll get better again and he'll thrive. So could you see him being like a setup man over there? Yeah. He'll be like a seven or eight, seven or eight inning guy. Yeah. Cause yeah, like you said, Jensen's, he's not gonna, he's, he's a pretty damn good uh, closer out over in uh, LA. He had a down year, but we'll have to see how he bounces back. And then uh, the White Sox, they made a move. They they traded one of their prospects, and who else did they trade for Nomar Mazzara? Uh, let's take a look. So they did trade for Mazzara. I think it was only one of their prospects and, like, something Steel else. Steel Walker. Um, let's see. I'm not seeing anybody else. I know that there was, there was two players on that trade, right? I thought so. I, I don't – maybe it was just a one-for-one. From I what think. I'm seeing, it's a one-for-one. One. Uh, just says Nomar Mazzara to the White Sox for outfielder Steel Walker. Yeah, I that think, was it. I think it was a good move, um, potentially for both teams. I don't know how much Maybe. longer Mazzara was going to last in, in Texas. I think he's a, a solid bat. Um, he still has three years left on his uh, of team control. So the White Sox will have him for the next three years. He'll be a lefty power bat. Yep. Hopefully he'll thrive. He's a two sixty one career batter. Uh in the last couple of seasons, 
he's he's basically averaging 20 home runs. He's hit 20 home runs in every season but last year. And he only played 116 last year. Exactly. So, I mean, if he stays healthy, maybe he plays 150 games. Um, I could see him being potentially a 30 home run guy. The Sox have a lot of bats. Yeah, he'll f- the White Sox lineup compared to the Rangers, so much better. Way better. So he'll have protection. He'll fit in there nicely. And I think he'll... He could be like a breakout person. We'll just have to we'll have to see on that. A lot of people were hating on the deal, which is kind of funny. I don't understand why you would hate on trading a prospect for Nomar Mazzara, who, even though he's had a down year, Steel Walker, twenty three years old, one hundred forty days. Nomar Mazzara, twenty four year old, two hundred thirty five days. Only a year apart, and you have a guy who's, who's been a, a veteran. Who's been in the league for four years now? Yeah, he's gonna be. This is his fifth season coming up. He's played with. Well, he played with the Rangers. They're they're not a bad ball club historically. I mean, they. I wouldn't say they're one of the best, but he's shown a lot of signs. He's got like a higher ceiling. He's young, mm-hmm. like you said. He's twenty four. If he can keep his average up, that's a huge score for the White Sox. Oh yeah, and all right. So Mazzara actually has two years left on his deal. But yeah, Steel Walker, 23-year-old, his highest that he's reached in the minors, high A. Not even double A, not triple A, high A. He still has a long way to go. And he's 24. Yeah, or he's 23. Or 23, okay. One year younger than a guy who's been in the league for four years now. So don't understand the hate for that. The White Sox fans should be pretty happy. Happy. I'm happy. Um, hope, Hopefully they can pull off maybe Marcelo Zuna. Or another big-time bat? I don't know. Well, they might be able to get Ozuna. We'll have to see. Because their their lineup right now is Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Mazzara, Eloy, Yasmani. Uh, Grandal. Uh, Abre- did I say Abreu? You did say Abreu. Uh, from what I'm seeing, the potential 2020 lineup, there's Luis Robert. Uh, No, no, no. Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal. Second baseman. Yeah. And then, so we still have a DH, which is going to now be Mazzara. Or Mazzara might play right field. We don't know. But we will have a, an open right fielder and an open DH, from what I'm seeing. Um, but then again, we do have uh, McCann at catcher. We still have, uh, we have the rookie from last year. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now. So we do have other options, but it would be nice to see... Uh, oh, James McCann's still with the team. He'll be the DH. That's what I'm saying. James McCann and then Zach Collins. Yeah. Is, I mean, Zach Collins was not bad last year. So that's like a solid team. Well, I don't know if they'll sign Ozuna now because they do have corner outfielders. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll have to see on that. And then the, the final one, well, Yoshitomo Tsutsuko, he signed with the Rays, power bat from Japan. Mm-hmm. Signed for like eight million for two years or something. We'll have to see how he does. I think he'll fit well. I don't know too much about him. Don't want to talk about him too much. That's <laughs> that's just. I don't want to say too much and be wrong. I don't know much about. Yeah, him. we don't know too much about him. But uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's still action in the MLB, but I think that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah, pretty much. Tanner Roark signed with the Blue Jays to eat innings. Signed mm-hmm. for twelve million a year to. Gets smacked around for a couple of years. Twelve million sounds like a lot, but in baseball, it really is just like, eh. Well, twelve million too. Like, yeah, you, you he signed with the Blue Jays, which means he has to go through Canadian taxes. 
which is oh, yeah. worse than that. Americans. So that's why it's a lot there. So, yeah, pretty much that's it for all of baseball this week. A lot. We talked a lot about baseball this week. I have 10 minutes on the timer, but, like, who knows where I didn't start the timer right away. I started <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Because so. you just wanted to talk about baseball all day. So, anyways, we're going to transition over to the NFL. The NFL was an up and a down week uh, for many of reasons. Fantasy playoffs, semi-championships. We had the actual, you know, so many good matchups. We had the Bears and Packers. We had the Bears and Packers. <laughs> and Healy lost the bet, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode. Currently rocking the cheese head oh, still. Man. it's It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good on you. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Oh, my God. At least it was a close game, but, like, oh, man. I, Early on in that game, uh, could have could have made a factor. I can't believe this is, like, a non-reviewable call or something. Like, I hate the NFL rules and, like, how only certain things are reviewable. Why isn't everything revu- reviewable? And that's what we talked about a few weeks ago. It's like, what is reviewable? What draws the line for challengeable plays? I feel like this should have been challengeable. As a Packers fan, I was sitting there watching it. If you guys don't know what play we're talking about, there was a punt early on. The Bears punted. First quarter. The returner didn't call for a fair catch. So as soon as he touched the ball, Cordero Patterson on the Bears timed it up perfectly. Hit lit, stick. Lit him up, fumbled the ball. Bears got it. And then the ref said that he hit him before he even touched the ball. It was kick catch interference. I, when I first saw the flag, I thought one of one of two options. Fair catch interference, which we didn't see him wave for the fair catch. And then um like roughing I guess like a personal like unnecessary unnecessary roughness, I'm sorry. Like a helmet-to-helmet hit. Uh, they showed the replay. Perfect hit. Yeah. I, I don't think, besides Julio Jones, I don't think there's an offensive player who actually lines up and tackles like he's that. He's great on special teams. Oh, he's awesome uh, on both sides of the special teams. It was a bad call, which we saw lead to Aaron Rodgers throw a touchdown to Devontae Adams. My argument is it was fourth and six. You had one safety over the top. Ha ha, Clinton Dix. Bit on whatever the play was. Left him wide open. Regardless, Green Bay ends up winning by eight points, which is the one score. The touchdown and the two. Yeah. Uh, it came down to the end. I almost had a heart attack. Oh, my. I was freaking out. I thought they were going to score. I don't know how they did. I could tell you how they didn't score. This schmuck, this jabroni. Orsted. Yeah, had the ball, and I think he saw the corner of the end zone, and he channeled his inner whatever player he was thinking, his inner sweetness, and instead of lateraling the ball to Cohen. Uh, Allen Robinson. Or Allen Robinson was there. They both were right with, there. With Anthony Miller as a blocker. It Who, wasn't like Robinson and then maybe like a Packers guy would have gotten over there. No, it would have been flipped, and Miller would have made the block. Anybody. And Robinson yeah, and would have been in there. All I remember is yelling why is and nobody went for the ball it was on the ground it was a fumble nobody went for the ball and I'm sure at that point they were all discouraged but I just remember seeing Allen Robinson and then Cohen is behind and he's like flipping out and I don't blame him because he's like the fastest guy on the field 
they were seven yards away from the end zone with no one in front of them. They almost pulled off the Miami Dolphins special as they did last year against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I would have been heartbroken. But it didn't end up that way. I'm happy. Packers still have the second seed in the NFC with the first round by. Depending on what happens this weekend and next weekend, obviously it's still tough. It's close. Um, overall, it was it was a pretty pretty good game. Uh, we saw Aaron Rodgers. He made it's he weird. Had no pressure on him. He only got game. sacked once. I was surprised. Mac, I saw in his face one time. He didn't get hit any other times. Yeah, and he Mac was double teamed a lot that game. They have you have to. I think in in week one, Mac got got to Rodgers a couple of times. Um, Rodgers, and this has been the story of Rodgers all season. I would say even last year, you look at his stats: two hundred yards only. He had one touchdown, 48% completion rating, but he still makes the throws that count the most. He had yeah. a throw to Kumaro, who put everybody in the spin cycle, and then they challenged that play, which I guess didn't make a big difference. They wasted the timeout. They said he stepped out of bounds. Oh, he clearly man. didn't. It was hard to tell. Um, but overall, Aaron Rodgers, I'm a little worried as a Green Bay fan. Um, because now we have to rely on Aaron Jones for his four to five yard carries that he's forcing a lot of times just because he's so strong. Um, Aaron Rodgers, that's all I have to say. That was, I mean, he made the right plays regardless of if they should have had the ball or not. That throw that he had to, uh, uh, Devontae Adams was huge and that was all Aaron Rodgers. He threw it where nobody else could get to it. Devontae Um, Adams, so good. He's so good. I was talking to a friend. And I don't think there's ever been a time in my lifetime in a Bears-Packers like game that there hasn't been a wide receiver on the Packers that just destroys the Bears. It's been Adams, then it's been Nelson, then it was uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, Greg Jennings. Donald Driver. Donald Dr- James Jones. They always Jones. have that one guy who just destroys the Bears, that playmaker who like is reliable. Yeah, Green Bay is really, really good at developing. They have a good system. I don't think there's ever been a time where they didn't have more than one threat on the receiving side. I would say this year was like the first year because we don't have Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb kind of fell off a little bit. But I would say, yeah, I mean, you hit nail on the head right there. It's There's always that one player, always. It's so annoying Week watch. one was a little weird. I don't. If I looked at the stats, I don't know if anybody did really anything in week one. It was just a weird week. It was 13-3, to three, I think. Yeah, it was the final score, one touchdown in the whole game. Uh, this one lived up to the hype. It was a good game. Unfortunately, the Trubisky Bears started putting passes on. What? Where was the offense in the first half? Why did Nagy go back to his first half offense? Did you notice that? He didn't throw down the field at all. No, it was screenplay after screenplay. Screen there was a play. I forgot which quarter it was. It was like third and, and sixteen, and sixteen, and it was a, a was it a receiver screen? Yeah. Like what, you're gonna get sixteen yards? That that's never worked for you. No. And then in like the third and fourth quarter, Trubisky started making sick throws. There was that one where he like went out of the pocket, ran forward, threw it across the field perfectly. He did to that Miller. twice in the game. He literally threw across his body on the run twice. Oh Very my God. Patrick Mahomes esque of him. He 
he had four uh, rushes for 29 yards. This is the Trubisky the Bears fans saw last year. Should have seen all season this year, and I'm, I'm almost positive it's just bad play calling. Yeah. Or Trubisky finally said, hey, maybe I should be throwing on the run more often. I mean, it's clear as day the last four or five games he's stepped up. He went from worst yeah. to, I would say, a top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league. I would I, say 15-ish. At, 15, at most, 15. At most. He he made that sick throw where he went to his left, had to like turn his body all the way and throw it towards the middle of the field. And there was no one on that guy because what quarterback – turns the complete opposite way and just makes that throw. That's an interception waiting to happen. That was a strong throw, too. Oh, yeah. No, Trubisky's got an arm. Uh, He he didn't have a – I mean, he threw two picks, but it's like – One was a forced one. It was like an end of half Mm -hmm. one. The other one, I think, was the one. The other one was right to the lineman late in the game. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one was at the end of the first half. Uh, I think Jair Alexander intercepted. It was a Hail Mary. Yeah, it was a Hail Mary throw. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the one of the linemen, that was... That was weird. That was horrible. Somebody said that the the running back ran the wrong route, but it's like the linemen hit it from the get-go. It was a good catch. Uh, there was a, a Hail Mary play Trubisky had that almost got caught in the end zone. Yeah, it got deflected in the back of the end zone. It got def- hit Ridley in the hole. Oh, yes, Ridley, which Ridley, we didn't see all year. This is the brother of Calvin Ridley. Uh, Riley, I think Riley Ridley, I think he showed signs. I mean, he only had two catches for 10 yards. I shouldn't say showed signs, but I think they should have had him involved more in the pass game. But you know how it goes. They had Allen Robinson, seven catches, 125 yards. Beast. Not a pro bowler. Which, yeah, we we already know how these all-star games and pro bowl games go. It's all fan votes. I think Allen Robinson is one of the best in the game. He's proven it week in, week out. Anthony Miller had an awesome game. Nine catches. He's been showing out the past couple weeks. Oh, yeah, especially with um, there's some injuries to the receiving core. Um, uh, Taylor Gabriel was out, so that definitely opened the door for Anthony Miller. Uh, Nine catches, 118 yards. He scored a touchdown. Um, They didn't look bad. Even if they went out, unfortunately, they are eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah, unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate, but it's a good thing you're a cheesehead now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go Packers. <laughs> mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Um, but some other games we saw on Thursday night. I wanted to point out at the end of the game with the lateral play, where Trubisky had the ball and no one like made an effort to tackle him yeah. at all. They he literally had like they all backed up. They like slowed down. I think the reason why is because they were afraid he was just going to randomly slide, and they hit him. And it's a 15-yard penalty, and they get one last play. I think they were just waiting for him to, like, initially just toss it away. And I think that's – well, that's that's clearly what led to almost that touchdown play. Because they're all just surrounding him then. It's all right. But, yeah. Bears we, fans, don't feel bad. I'm a Packers fan. We saw a few years ago we had an onside kick to recover that we didn't uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. So, if anything, I think mine was way worse than yours. Um, but yeah, anyways, there were some other, uh, some other good games. We saw Lamar Jackson on Thursday night, five touchdowns, five touchdowns. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. What number do you think he is in attempts? 
on the year out of like 32 quarterbacks out of 32 starting quarterbacks with like a certain minimum i would put him at 20th he's 25th in attempts oh it's close so he has, he's 25th in a t- pass attempts and he has the most touchdowns in the football which means that offense is very efficient and they know when to pass the ball they're scary they're very scary offense. I mean, five passing touchdowns. He's done that twice this year. He's got a few four-touchdown passing games. His legs. And then, you know, Mark Ingram complements that offense extremely well. I don't think he gets enough credit. Uh, he's night in, night out. He's breaking through the line. He's, I'm pretty sure, averaging well over four yards a carry. Probably on his way to a 10-touchdown t- uh, season. Um, it's... That Ravens team to me right now is one of the scariest teams I've seen because their defense is really good. Yeah, they're, they're they're back to that Raven-esque type of uh, season. They had 12 Pro Bowlers, which is tied for the most ever. They're a great team. Mark Ingram on the year, he has... Uh, 10 touchdowns. 10 touchdowns, yep. And he has 963 yards. So he's going to hit 1,000 yards unless they bench him for some reason, but I highly doubt they will next week. Um, yeah, yeah, no, really, really good team. Uh, dominated the Jets. Jets aren't that great, but it's still you still got to go out there and show out, and the Ravens have been doing it. Um, we did see Seattle beat Carolina, so Seattle won. They're the one seed now. They're the one seed because the 49ers lost on a last-second touchdown. To Julio Jones. The man, the myth, the legend. It was yeah, To the, the Falcons. To the Falcons. It was the craziest. So they originally ruled him no touchdown, hit at the half-yard marker, and then the, the replay showed that the ball did break the plane. Julio scores, and then there was the onside kick that got returned. Or there was a fumble. I think it was a fumble that got uh, returned by the Falcons, so that's why the score was bigger than what it was. Um, it's 29-22. Yeah. Otherwise, I, I think the, the final score, it ended up being like one second left. Yeah, there was one second, and then I think they – yeah, there was there was like a garbage touchdown on the on the kickoff return. It was only 29-22. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay. It well, might There might have been a fumble, but they might not have scored, actually. Okay. So either way – there was that, um, yeah, it looks like, no, there was, yep, yep. So Julio Jones caught it with two seconds. They kicked the, uh, they missed the uh, two-point conversion, so they were up one. Oh. And then there was a kickoff. It was a lateral that fumbled. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So otherwise, regardless, Atlanta won the game. Yeah. But then that extra point, I mean, if anybody had Atlanta's defense for some random reason in their fantasy playoffs and the special teams points count, uh, hats off to you. I hope the spread wasn't below seven yeah you know what i really don't even know what that spread was um but so so yeah seattle has the number one seed meaning the 49ers this great football team that just beat the saints in a shootout are now a wild card team i they'd be they'd be in dallas playing the cowboys which i think shouldn't be an issue cowboys would be home this that whole NFC East, as we've said all year, has been awful. Yeah. So well, we they're s- tied now, seven to seven. Yeah. So uh, the Cowboys won their first win over a five hundred. Yep. Uh, above five hundred team. Yeah, and 
They looked good. They did. They did. Now, granted, it was the Rams. We didn't know what. We still don't know what Rams are actually playing this year. We know last year they dominated so much. This year they showed signs. They were eight and five going into the week. Uh, Gurley ended up getting into the end zone. Uh, they're passing. They could not get anything going. Jared Every- Goff is. Ter- I was. I watched the Bears game with Trubisky, and then watching the next game, which was the Cowboys Rams. It was terrible watching Goff, and he's he's gotten paid, which is wild. They spent all that money on Goff, and yeah. I, it's unfortunate. I feel like that's a common theme for a lot of players. Maybe not quarterbacks. I feel like quarterbacks get paid, and they still continue to produce. I don't. It's I just so don't hard think... to replace a quarterback. That's why they get paid. Yeah, and but the thing is with Goff, Jared Goff has had many of weapons. He's last year he was able to pass two. Uh, Gurley. Gurley didn't have a bad year last year. He was catching a lot of passes. You know, Brandon Cooks. Robert uh, Woods. Cooper Robert Cup. Woods. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's incredible. I mean, they have a huge, really good receiving core. Um, It's just Jared Goff just doesn't make the right passes. He had some, some throws that were just horrible. It was almost like him and Trubisky swapped jerseys. <laughs> But yeah, um, but terrible. yeah. So San Francisco's clinched. Minnesota. All they have to do is win one of the final two games, and they'll clinch that second wild card spot. Um, I think they'll be f- an okay team to watch in the playoffs. And then we also had. Let's see, what other games were the there? The Eagles beat the Redskins, which they were down. It was that was a close game. Forth. Redskins have been like a weird team this year. They gave Green Bay some troubles. They started off like Owen. Forever, 0-6, 0-7. We saw Houston pull away a win against Tennessee by three points. Tennessee's been playing pretty damn, pretty damn good football. Yeah, unfortunate that they lost. In this the Saints game, that Saints game was wild. Drew Brees, twenty nine of thirty, twenty two passes in a row, and he broke the all time passing touchdown record, which is hilarious because behind Manning by one touchdown was Tom Brady. So Tom Brady isn't going to sniff that record for a second because Drew Brees, will he'll extend it before Brady could ever catch up. Yeah, there's no way Brady's ever going to. I mean, at this point, Brady has, eh, I don't know. So you have four touchdowns, 29 of 30, 307 yards. And then you had Michael Thomas with 12 receptions, 128 yards, targeted 12 times. So he caught every ball that was targeted towards him. And Michael Thomas is the only receiver, I think, to have 10 games of 10 receptions or more. In, in the a, history. In a season. Yeah, he's at 133 receptions. The record is 144? Yeah. 147? Well, Marvin Harrison, two games left. I don't see how he doesn't break the record. Is he the best receiver in the game? I don't know who's better. I don't know who's better. He's just unstoppable. And the thing is, like, you could say, oh, he's with Drew Brees. Oh, that offense makes him great. Teddy Bridgewater. How many games did Teddy Bridgewater play? Five, four, four or five games. And That's they a won. lot. And, yeah. he, and he scored a lot, too. Or he, he just had, doesn't uh, drop passes. He has one drop. I and believe he's a good route runner. Season. He's great. He's no great. And he's been doing him. it the past few years. He's 26 years old only. I don't know he what He just his... got paid. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got paid. Um, I think, I don't even know what his contract was. Was it like five, six years? But regardless of that, had a hell of a game. 12 catches, 128 yards, dominated. Um, 
We had Buffalo pull away from Pittsburgh, so they clinched their playoff berth. Uh, yeah, shout out to them. Yeah, huge shout out to Buffalo. They've been probably the most surprising team. I would say one of the most surprising teams. Uh, Josh Allen continues to turn the ball over, but then still make the right plays. You know, in the in the fourth quarter, defense is great. Uh, I don't think they're going to end up taking the division. I think they'll stay a wild card team. Uh, they, yeah, no again, way. They did beat Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is tied with Tennessee, but they have the tiebreaker. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if they played Tennessee, but they have a better conference record for percentage wise. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I personally like the way Pittsburgh's been playing with all their, all the drama, the 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 injuries, and they're on their third string quarterback, and they had to bring the Cowboy in to pass for like four games, and it, it's been interesting to see. I do like Tennessee, um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, see any other big games really? I think that was pretty much it. Minnesota won. Yeah, Minnesota won. Tom Brady, uh. The Patriots, I thought in the first six minutes, had a potential to lose to Cincinnati because Cincinnati was actually playing pretty well. And then we saw the Patriots do what the Patriots normally do, and that was dominate. They won 34-13. to uh, Overall, Tom Brady had a horrible game. He threw 15 of 29, 51% com- uh, completion rating, only 128 passing yards. He did throw two touchdowns and no picks, which was huge. Uh, ultimately, they got the win. They ran for like 160 yards on the ground, and then they forced Andy Dalton to throw four interceptions. So again, this defense is what's keeping them in games. Uh, the I think about Tom Brady too. I saw a stat. He, I think he had like a 40 quarterback rating for that game, and. He might have like the most like forty ratings and in, in the season. He's, or no, he I think, did. He started off. He ended up getting it up because of his touchdowns. But it started off horrible. Like, I think they've won every game that he's had like a forty quarterback rating. That might have been it. But he he does not look great. Which no, is he has wild. He's last year. Like as he's gotten older, you think, oh, maybe this is the year he finally does bad. Maybe this is the year he the age finally catches up with him. Age looks like it's catching up with him. He doesn't have the weapons, though. He does not have the weapons. But how often has Tom Brady truly had the weapons versus him creating the weapons? Besides Moss, no one. Nobody. Oh, sure, he's had Wes Welker. Yeah. Yeah, you can grab any Dion little... Branch Yeah, Dion on. Branch early on. But, like, the late career stuff? No. Julian Edelman? He's another Wes Welker. He's not a big, deep threat. He had Josh Gordon for a little bit of time. He couldn't stay off the weed. He had Antonio Brown for a game. He is just full of drama. And I, I don't know. I mean, he's he might get 4,000 passing yards again in his career and add to his his stat total. But definitely, I would say this year is the year where we're seeing him. First of all, he can't take many more hits. No. He cannot take any more hits. He can't move, so he just has to take them. Yeah, he's slow. He's not to take anything away. I would still take him in the playoffs, like I say every week. I will never bet against Brady or Belichick as long as they're alive and playing in the playoffs. But I don't I don't know if we are going to see Tom Brady next year or the year after. 
But nonetheless, still a playoff team. They are first in the AFC East. Uh, they are what are they? Eleven and three? No, yeah, twelve. They're eleven and three, so they're the two seed at the moment. Okay, so they so, are the two seed. We'll have to see what happens. Have, have do the Bills and Patriots play this week? I believe that is the matchup this week. All right, so we will see if the Patriots win. I think they clinch. Oh no, they lost to the Chiefs, so they they don't clinch until the season's over. They have to win out to get the bye. If the Bills win. And they could potentially be a buy seed, so and be leading the division. So it'll be a good game this week with that. Eli Manning, possibly his last game ever. He's balled out the past couple of weeks. Eli's weird. There's historically in his career, he's never been an elite quarterback. He's known for obviously a couple Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, but he's never been like terrible. I think he just doesn't give a shit, right? He doesn't give a... F- he doesn't care. He no. doesn't care. He's made his money. He's made his case. He's won his two Super Bowls. Like, if he was in Tom Brady's position, people... He's like... I'm not going to say... All right. Take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> if he was in Tom Brady's spot right now, I think they'd be performing the same, and people would be all over Eli, as if, like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing still. Like, Eli, with how bad the Giants are, they're just like, oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. But they have such a bad team. The team makes them so different. Defense is not good. Sure, they have Saquon Barkley last year and this year. That's pretty much it. The receiving core is not bad. He's just getting pushed out because he's older and they're in a rebuilding phase. And There's no need to play him when they're going to lose regardless. With the exactly. Team that they have. Exactly. So his career is kind of getting forced to an end but he balled out in that last game yeah yeah he did pretty well they uh i mean granted it was miami but i mean miami's started winning a couple of games yeah so they aren't the uh, it still is one of the worst the giants are worse but the giants are bad too so if you have two horrible teams going at it i mean at the end of the day they're two good teams if you really think about it when they're on the field so and then uh I think this will be like the last news. Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely again. I think it's it's done. Is it news? No. It's not news. He, he just could not stay off the weed. Whatever happened, Some happened. Some P- PEDs, too. So well, I, I, does that count under it? or I don't know. Well, no, I don't think I don't think marijuana oh. counts under PEDs. I think oh. he, it might have been. It, 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 I don't know. I don't know the details. He got suspended indefinitely. Which... Yeah, he's he's probably done. I mean, he, he's already got let back once or twice after being suspended indefinitely. But he's been suspended like four times in total, or five maybe. Yeah, and it's like he's I don't been know. reinstated like twice. So third time, I don't see him coming back and. If oh, we well. if wasted we had, talent. If we had a Shacked in a Fool segment, he would be on there. I don't know how many times, how many chances you're going to get. For a guy that's that talented, you can't turn it around. He was one of the best wide receivers. He had the, the, the potential, and now it's, oh, well. He'll be one of those that you talk about what if for the remainder. So, yeah, Josh Gordon oh, was well. great. Josh Gordon was great. And he was a Brown. Speaking of Browns real quick. Odell is open to the idea of not playing with the Browns after this year. And I just want to point out there, he said he would be open to playing with Aaron Rodgers. So if that happens, I will be the happiest man in all the world 
And I'm just saying, Aaron Rodgers, he might be playing like he's 25 again. <laughs> but anyways, Maybe. that's pretty much going to do it for the NFL. Again, Fantasy picks? Uh, yeah, yeah. We do have my quick picks for FanDuel. If anybody uh, plays on FanDuel, that's the scoring I go based off of. That's the lineups I do. So I always, every week, I try to give uh, a budget buy, someone who's worth um, more than what the price is. So this week, super cheap play. It's worth a shot. It's against Kansas City. Uh, Tariq Cohen, I played in my flex spot. Uh, Kansas City is the 29th worst um, team against running backs for fantasy points given up. Uh, My expensive player for the week is going to be, uh, I have a couple. I'm going to give two. Uh, one, Russell Wilson against Arizona. Arizona's ranked 32nd in the league. Russell Wilson has a reason to play and win. Um, and then I have Devontae Adams. So Russell Wilson is worth 8300 Devontae Adams is worth 8200 He is facing Minnesota's defense, who has given up the 25th worst. And again, Green Bay is playing for a reason. Green Bay wants a first-round bye. Green Bay wants to play at home. Historically, I feel like they don't play too well in domes. Um, they they need this buy more than anything. Yes, you you want, especially with the tundra, the the frozen tundra. The frozen tundra. Teams don't want to play there in the cold, and they're used to playing there in the cold. You can't go to a, another team's place and expect. Exactly. If it means the Forty ers come to Green Bay, West Ooh. Coast to the. To the frozen tundra, I like Green Bay's chances. We've been playing there all season. Other way around, probably not. Probably not. Probably not, because, well, we already saw what happened. <laughs> yeah, especially with the Chargers. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much going to be it for the NFL NBA news. James Harden got snubbed out of another player of the week. He averaged, like, 44, and... They gave it to a guy who scored like 25. Carmelo's been playing well. Carmelo has been playing pretty well. Of course. How many games has he played this year? Let, let, let's take a look right now. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony on the year with the Trailblazers. He's averaging seven, uh, about 17 points a game. He's played 13 games. I said he wouldn't last longer than 20 they've also fulfilled his contract the rest of the year they did which i think was a good move for both ends uh he's played 13 games he's averaging 32 minutes a game which for him at his age it's proven he still has it he's shooting 42 percent from downtown which is huge Huge, yeah, especially for a team that likes to shoot the three ball they depend on it especially when he's a career 35 percent shooter yeah, and he's shooting forty three almost. That's great. His highest in his career is this right now. So as long as he can keep it up, go ahead. Sixteen point eight points per game. That's what you like to see. Six boards. You didn't. Ex- I didn't expect no. much from him to no. be averaging seventeen, and they still have CJ McCollum. They still have uh, Dame Lillard. Um, some other weapons out there. Hassan Whiteside. Uh, they're, they're, they're not a bad team. Uh, they just played yesterday, beat Phoenix by one point, 110 to 111. Obviously, we know about Phoenix, Devin Booker. He can ball out. Uh, Harden, though, back to Harden. Um, it, is he the best player in the NBA? 
No, he's not. He might be. He, he could be the best scorer. Best scorer. Let me let me rephrase that. Right. Is he the best scorer in the NBA? Yeah, he had. I think last week he had a fifty-five and a fifty-four point game. Yeah, back to back fifty-point games, and one of them he shot six free throws, and he was nineteen of thirty-one. He's averaging thirty-nine points a game, seven point four assists. Six boards. So his assists and rebounds dropped, which we expected. When you have Russell Westbrook, you have Clint Capella, those guys love to crash the boards. This allows James Harden to just focus on that offensive mastermind of his, his step back. Um, he's, he's doing it all. He's shooting almost 45% from the field, 36, 36% from three, which that's like his career average anyways. Yeah. Um, I would say hands down best scorer in the league. I don't think there's really anybody. When Steph Curry was great, he was like the only lights know. out. James Harden just he can shoot it from deep. He can get to the basket, get free throws. He knows how to get the points exactly. And he will. So and yeah, he had fifty five against Cleveland, fifty four against Orlando. Uh, and then he also came out and dropped 39 points against Detroit in a losing effort. Um, but that's between those three games, he put up 140 points in three games. I, yeah, like 150. Yeah, and then um, he's already had a 60-point. Actually, let's let's count this. He's had a 60-point game, 50. So if we count all 50-point games for James Harden, he has a total of... Five fifty-point games already. We're in December. That is nuts. That's I don't know. Fifty-plus-point games, and he had a forty-nine-point game, so almost six. He's had eleven games with forty or more. He's had twenty games of thirty or more. His lowest points this year in a game: nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, and actually. For him to score 19 points, so any other player, 19 points, you don't even think anything of it. You're like, oh, that's a solid game. James Harden to score 19, you're like, shit, what did he do? Uh, shot 2 of 13 from the field uh, against Giannis on, was that opening night? That was opening Maybe, night. Yeah. So since opening night, take away his 19-point performance, he's probably averaging 40 points a game easily on the season. So yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah, so we saw that. Um, there was not too many other news. We saw the Bulls f- drop another game in the fourth quarter to the Thunder. I think it was. It was the Thunder, uh, and I saw a photo on Twitter of Wendell Carter and Kobe White taking a photo with Chris Paul, and they were smiling. They were smiling. Oh, it's so bad to see the Bulls play. Like, I get that you're young, you aren't supposed to be good, but as a professional, blowing a game late. And you're smiling afterwards, taking photos. That can't happen. Yeah. That's not a good mindset. You lost the game. Like, I get it. You know, everybody's like, oh, play to have fun. Um, yeah, except for let's factor in uh, the millions and millions of dollars. Uh, the fact that um, you're in the Chicago market, um, in the Chicago market for your professional team. So you are under the radar always. I, I think it comes down to boiling. Personally, they've probably given up on him. That's why they don't care if they lose. And the thing is, they're still a playoff team. 
they're still in contention. They're only two games out of the eighth seed. Oh, my God. I'm just saying. I never said they were going to be. I did say they would be over 500. But I definitely guaranteed a playoff season, which could still happen. Um, but, yeah, that, that's bad. I hate seeing it as a Bulls fan. Um, Zach Levine will go drop 40 points and do whatever he's going to do. And then the next game he has, like, a mediocre game. But I think the biggest thing is uh, we've lost at least three, maybe five games in the fourth quarter. OKC, we were up, if I'm not mistaken, 20 points at one point in the second quarter. Yeah, we were up 21 points at the end of the first quarter. It's not great. Speaking of the Bulls and coaches, why isn't Mark Jackson a coach anymore? He built that Warriors team. And then all of a sudden he got thrown to the side and then Steve Kerr came along and like took all the credit. Why hasn't Mark Jackson been a coach? I've always wondered that too. He'd be great for the Bulls. He's still like a solid coach. You saw it with the Warriors. And then I, why, I don't remember why they got rid of him. Maybe it was for like a playoff performance or they finally couldn't do anything. I'm not sure what happened. I can't remember. There was rumor that he's blackballed. And I was talking about this last week with somebody because he was a good coach. That Warriors team was built under Jackson. Kerr came in. And then that's when they went and off. And they won. I don't, I mean, did, did Kerr help? Maybe sure. with a three-point shooting. But all the pieces were there with Jackson. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened. I think uh, Iguodala, uh, it, over the summer, said that he believes that he was blackballed from the NBA. I'm curious to know why. I don't know how you could get blackballed when you're a good coach. You have you've, you had a whole NBA career. Yeah, unless he like said something. Yeah, there's more to it. I, I'm curious to know. I'm gonna read up on that. But um, he's 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 a basketball analyst for is he, is he with ESPN? I believe. Yeah, he's with ESPN. So, I don't, I mean, he's still, he's he's a genius. And Maybe he gets another job. We'll have to see. But it's Chicago's front office isn't really the wisest, obviously. Um, we don't, we've traded away some great talent historically since Michael. Um, Coaching-wise, this is definitely the worst. I don't think it gets as bad as oh, this. I thought Hoiberg was bad. It I, just keeps I want Hoiberg back. I want Freddie back. Like the worst thing about um, Thibodeau, he was he was a good defensive minded coach. The worst thing about him was he just ran people. He was rough. Around. He was rough. So that didn't work out too well. Uh, something I wanted to talk about the probably a funny thing was one of the Thunder games. It might have been late in the game or something, and Chris Paul decided to get smart and point out that someone's jersey wasn't tucked in. Uh, it was technical foul? Yeah, so yes. he gave him a technical foul. They got a point. They I th- I think it won happened. in overtime, and they won the game. Yeah, because of that. And then the NBA sent out a memo for uh, refs to look out for that. And I think it was in the – I think Orlando. It might have been Markel Fultz or Alfred Payton, someone someone hopped onto the court as they were tucking in their shirt 
but they were on the court with it like complete like not fully tucked in and they got called for it and uh the guy got mad and was like what the fuck and the ref told him thank chris paul because the NBA sent out a memo afterwards. So I thought it was hilarious how they did that. And the ref like called and was like, well, thank Chris Paul because the NBA sent out a memo and we have to look for it now. Yeah, that was so it ended up being Jordan Bell against the Nuggets. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Not against the Nuggets. Jordan Bell. Who was that game? It just happened, what, last week? I don't even know what team Jordan Bell's on anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Alfred Payton on Denver. Yeah, so was Alfred Payton. Payton, yeah, Alfred Payton on Denver. It's I've never I mean, I never played basketball like that to know. I mean, you would think every sport you should keep your jersey tucked in besides football. Well, football you should because they're going to pull on your jersey. Mm-hmm. But that's just heads up basketball by Chris Paul. I mean, he's he's a genius. We know that. Yeah. It's a petty move, but if you're trying to win, you got to got to pull some stops i think that looks good for him too obviously he cares to still win um it's it's a little it's funny to me um you know they did end up did they get the window they ended up did they lose that game i think they might have let's see well if it was against denver it was their last game they lost but still to to still force that to get that point going to ot yeah I think it was kind of funny. And then for them to enforce it on someone else in a completely different game. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Lakers, they finally lost their fourth game of the year. They broke their 14-game winning streak tonight, 105-102 to the Pacers. To be fair, they did play without Anthony Davis. Ooh, that is big. They did. I don't know if it's load management, whatever it's going to be. LeBron did not shoot the ball very well. Uh he had 20 points. Shot 50% from the line. 50% from the line. For LeBron, I don't even think historically, he's like a 75% free throw shooter. It's getting worse as the years go on. Yeah. So LeBron had an okay game. Uh, we saw Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard had a hell of a game. 10 for 10 from the field. Uh, he had six boards only. Normally you like to see him crash the boards a little bit more. LeBron had a dish. Yeah, I saw that. Was that behind his, his head. head? Yeah. I. He had a behind-the-back pass, too. In that same game? Yeah. Yeah, so LeBron's still still amazing me, even at his age. I still think he's one of the greatest in the game right now, clearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's averaged in his career 73.5% from the line. mm -hmm. This year he's averaging 68. The year prior, 66. So his percentages are going down, which is weird. You would think as you get older... You'd be able to hit that shot more with how many free throws you hit, and just with age, you develop a shot. I don't know why he doesn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line. It's maybe it's like a, it's one of those things with big guys. He's not really, he's not known as a shooter. I mean, he can shoot the ball, obviously mid range, long range if he has to. His inside game is great, but that was the one thing that he really developed over the past few years that we've seen is. That mid-range, that turnaround jumper that he's perfected. So for him to shoot 50, 51% from the field and only 68% from the free throw line, it's a trade-off. And I I think him shooting the way he does from the field, it makes up for it. It definitely yeah. makes up for it. Yeah, just something that was odd that I pointed out. But, yeah, so they are 24-4. and four. 
still number one in the West. Same record as the Bucks now. Because yep. who beat the Bucks at home? Was it the Mavericks? Uh, I believe the Mavericks did. They beat them by four. And that was a game, if I'm not mistaken, Luka Doncic had a 40-point triple-double. Am I wrong? I'm not entirely sure. Luka Doncic. Oh, man. Doncic. Yeah, Luka's... Is, he might be top two, top three MVP runner. Yeah, Luka had... Oh, he didn't... Did he not play? He didn't even play yesterday. He didn't who even did, play. Who did Luka... Luka had a 40-point triple-double. Oh, I'm sorry. That was against Detroit. I got my games mixed up. So, Detroit, or Dallas beat the Bucks without Luka. And Giannis played. And Giannis, Giannis dropped 48. Yeah. Giannis had a hell of a game. Uh... 14 boards, he's been, well, he's Giannis. We don't expect anything less from him. Kristaps uh, Porzingis stepped up, had 26 points in that game, 12 rebounds. I've said that duo is one of the nastiest on the court right now. Speaking of duos, Saturday or Friday night, I was at a bar. I was watching the Timberwolves Clippers. Timberwolves were down like 25 points, and they got it within four points at the end of the game. I could not believe it. Uh, Carl, Anthony Towns, and Wiggins combined for like 80 points. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they dropped 40-plus each, combining for like 100 points, almost. Yeah. So that was like a duo game back and forth. It was wild to watch. Yeah, that that was a crazy game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to see them put up each forty points, which I think is that the first duo to this drop forty forty this year. I think that's the first duo, but it's just I think in a while it's been. Yeah, and and they they these two guys are defensive masterminds. They're known. They have a good. They're very good on the offense. But that's what makes the Clippers very scary is when they have two guys that can go off at any point and still play pretty damn good defense. Because the Timberwolves aren't, I wouldn't say they're bad. They have some talent. Carl Anthony Towns is is pretty good. Um, but for, for them and then uh, Andrew Wiggins too. I'm not the biggest fan of Andrew Wiggins. No. I think he is nothing more than... An offensive, he's a he's a guard. He doesn't play very well. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is is the future of that that franchise. Against the Clippers, he did have thirty nine and twelve, two steals. He shot over fifty percent. I'm glad I have him on my fantasy basketball team. He is truly helping me out. Um, what do we know? Oh, so it's thirty four and thirty nine. For Wiggins and Towns, and there was forty-six and forty-two for George and Leonard. And fun fact, I saw Carl Anthony Towns have a four-point play in that game. He had a, the three plus one. Yep. That was sick to watch. Yeah, he's I think he's pretty damn good. He's only twenty-four years old. Um I mean that that franchise alone, I don't it's it hasn't been much since Garnett left. Yeah. They, which is sad. They're they're just living in the shadow. It's like the Bulls with D Rose. Like, yeah, you, they were great when uh, Michael Jordan was there, but they can't ever get back to that hype. They had, they have like a player who's awesome, 
but it, they can't get it back up to that. Though, yeah, you can never. I mean, those were dynasties with the NBA. You don't see it often. Spurs were doing it for a while with Popovich. Lakers, right after Jordan and the Bulls. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, even the Pistons had a little run. We know Celtics way back in the day. Pistons, I guess, back in the day had a little a, another run. Um, but it you don't see too many franchises uh, that truly build dynasties uh, in the NBA. Um, the Bulls had a chance with Derrick Rose and the other talent that they had. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, glad to see he's doing his thing right now. He had a game winner the other yeah, day. Yeah, of course. The day that we missed, we went to the Bulls game and they missed a game winner. Of yeah, course, they, Derrick, Derrick Rose, Rose hit hits a game winner. Yep. God. So... It was, it was right for them to give up on him at that time, but it's just he's still playing well. It's just people think of him for his first couple of years, and that's all he gets compared to. Exactly. I think I said it last week, and that's, you know, people say, oh, he slowed down, whatever it may be. If you don't compare Derrick Rose to the Derrick Rose from 19 to 23, 24 years old, you would think this guy's an all-star, hands down. Yeah. you think he's still sick, and he would get paid millions of dollars to have a long-term deal. Yep. Uh, we do have the annual Christmas schedule coming out, uh, coming up next, next Wednesday, obviously with Christmas. Yeah. Next uh, week will be an early episode. Yes. Yes. We're going to do a super early episode. Um, I don't know exactly when it's going to be uploaded. It's going to be earlier than, It'll than be normal. Tuesday. Yeah. Cause we'll record it on Monday. Yeah. We're going to record on Monday. Oh, while the, while the bear or Packers, Packers and Vikings, me, ooh, we'll make it work. For you guys watching, listening, we will make this work. Um, but for the NBA, we have Celtics and Raptors. Should be a pretty good game. Eh. Uh, we have Bucks 76ers. That will be good. That's going to be a good game. That's a playoff matchup right there. I feel like Christmas is the time when the intensity really kicks in because yep. now you're on the final stretch for uh, All-Star break. After All-Star break, trade deadline, trade deadline, Last month and a half, two months of basketball, playoffs, and, I mean, that's it. We do have Rockets-Warriors. Mm, it's no. going to be a blowout. Huge blowout. Warriors. Disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather watch my high school basketball team play the Rockets. Uh, Clippers versus Lakers. Ooh, 7 o'clock tip-off. That is going to be I will great. be watching it. I will be having some drinks, eating leftovers. Well, not leftovers. It would be probably like four plates deep because that's what I do on Christmas and all the holidays. Good game to watch. Pelicans and Nuggets at 930. Could care less. Nuggets should win. Nuggets, in my eyes, are a pretty damn good basketball team. Pelicans, only if Zion is back. Don't think he's going to be back. Probably won't be for a while. Um, but there are definitely two really good games to look forward to. Uh, besides that, NBA, it's still early. Yeah, it's starting to get a little heated up. Teams are there hasn't been much difference since the beginning of the year. Luca's still playing well, Harden's still playing well. There hasn't really been a lot of like standout guys, good stories so far. If you had to predict right now, just based on so far twenty eight, thirty games into the season. Obviously we have another the half little over half a season to play. Who, who's your finals matchup? Lakers and we'll go with 76ers. 
You're saying the Sixers are going to sneak in past the Bucks. Yeah. Okay. I think that that's a good prediction. I think in the playoffs they'd match up better, and they have a team built to make it. The playoffs are half court basketball. Yeah. The Bucks are fast break type basketball team, and I just feel like in the playoffs, Giannis he could step it up, but like in a clutch situation, you can't have him put up like 15 jumpers. No, he gets to the rim. No, he's going to get to the rim. He's going to score and get the foul. And they don't really have a lot around him. They do have Middleton, but they don't have, compared to Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. Al Horford. Yeah, Josh Richardson can ball out. Mm -hmm. I, I personally do think it will be the Lakers in the West. It's going to be Lakers and Clippers battling for that finals. That's going to be a good matchup. This is going to be LeBron's test. Unless Harden goes off. Harden could. Harden very well could. Harden has weapons. They're not, they're quiet. They're on the quieter side, but he has weapons. Obviously, Russell's not quiet. But Clint Capella, averaging however many boards he's averaging, Mm -hmm. and he scores the ball too. Rockets are, I would consider, a wild card threat. Um, Mavericks and Nuggets could very well, but I just think that the Lakers are going to be in the finals. Eastern Conference, it's still a toss up. It's a toss up. Uh, definitely not the Raptors. They're decent. They just they sorry, don't have, Toronto. They don't have Leonard. They, they don't have Kawhi. Uh, Miami is good. I don't see them winning a seven game series after the first round. Celtics again are good. The one thing that is catching my eye right now is the 76ers are 14-0 and at home. And if they do get home court advantage somehow, that's huge. I'm going to go with what the standings are showing right now. Giannis is going to lead his team to the NBA Finals, which this may change. This could change. Against the Lakers, LeBron versus Giannis, two front runners for MVP. Two teams that can score the ball, that are not bad on defense. LeBron and the Lakers winning it all. That's my prediction. Lakers are so deep. Their bench, so deep. And then their starting rotation is great. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you, hey, did you see the the fake alley oop by Rondo? And then LeBron fake block. They had the fake block. That was nice. Rondo's always done that. Rondo's always been yeah he's very creative with the ball. His his inside game is so good for a point guard. For a point guard that he's always been able to fake guys out once he's in the paint because you expect him to drop the dime, but then he's going up and he's always done. They did it with the Celtics in their championship run. Uh, we saw him do it with the Bulls a couple times, um, but but yeah. So I, like you mentioned, the Lakers are deep. They still have Kuzma. They have Dwight Howard who is. Gained some years back on his life somehow, um, but but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that will uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. We talked a long time on my timer. I have one oh five. You guys will know exactly with uh, what Spotify and YouTube tells you. But good episode, a lot to talk about. NFL is going to pick up next week. We talked a lot about baseball. There's so many moves. Don't expect to talk about too much next week. Next week with football is going to be great. And then we'll preview more of the Christmas matchups next week. Like we said, it'll be an earlier episode. 
probably a day early. It'll go up on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, which is going to be Tuesday. Um, and same with the week after that. The next two episodes going to come out on Tuesday due to New Year's and, and New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot is heating up. A lot's heating up for baseball. The free agency, I think it's going to start to die down a little bit. We still have a couple other free agents. NFL, it's, I mean, this is it. We're going to know, time. yeah, we're going to know who's going to be in the playoffs, who's not, who's going to be seated as first round buys. Uh, basketball, still basketball. So, um, yeah. So I want to thank everybody again for tuning in to the Standing Room Only podcast. Again, I am Goose. We have Healy a.k.a. newest member of the Cheesehead family. Uh, you'll only know that if you watch our YouTube channel and see the che- big Cheesehead that he's wearing. Uh, again, make sure you do follow us on social media. Uh, we love the interaction uh, between the fans, everybody that listens, downloads, subscribes, uh, Instagram and Twitter. We are on SR Only Pod, YouTube and Spotify, Standing Room Only Podcast. Like, download, subscribe, comment, uh, reach out to us. Reach out to us. We love to hear feedback. We love the questions everybody uh, has to ask. Um, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, you can follow me on social media, the Healy Six, and you can follow Goose at iGoose with four O's. Don't ask why. Do not ever ask why. Uh, and that's gonna do it until next week. Yeah, we will see you guys later.